0: You're listening to Gospel Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy-laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Welcome back to Gospel Centered Rest. Um this week Pastor David focused on 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 to 7 and this, this sermon was primarily about getting us prepared to talk about marriage. Um, you know, we're, we're created in the image of God, but often that can be such an abstract thought that we don't know how to apply. Uh, this week, we we really focus on how we can live in the image of God and how that can change our approach to a subject like marriage. So we're going to start by talking about the three truths in marriage. And what does it mean to be in the image of God? And why is that so important for something like marriage?
1: Yeah. And uh, thanks again for joining, Jothan. Um, I appreciate these conversations. I wanted to do a message uh, on three foundational truths that help us prepare to have the discussion on headship and submission. And probably one of the primary reasons for that was because submission and headship carry such baggage. Um we often understand the whole idea of submission and headship either through culture or through our own experiences, or um, just even understanding that there is some really unhealthy teaching about what it is to submit and what it is to uh, to be head of the house. Um, and to put it to put that in a larger conversation. So that's why I wanted to take a message and and talk about um, image of God, the submission of Christ, and then the call to holiness that we read of in First Peter chapter 3. Uh, submission and the image of God, um, specifically submission because we're, that's the first six verses. I think one of the things that struck me when I was studying the image of God is that we are created in the likeness of God. Um, he has made us similar to himself. And this is given to every human. So whatever we talk about with submission It does not have anything to say about inequality. Um, And sadly, sometimes that's how it's lived out is it's almost as if the person is less equal. mm -hmm. Um, They shouldn't be part of decisions or their creativity shouldn't be used in a relationship. They just are called to follow are called to submit. Um, But that kind of understanding of submission takes away equality. So to begin with... When we read in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, uh, it, it talks about the value or the equality of, of one another, of, of male and female. And then I think the second thing is that submission actually leads to growth and expansion of a person, um, of their mind, of their heart, of their presence in a relationship. I think that's in direct contrast to how submission is often understood. Submission is often understood as you kind of lose yourself or you have to suppress yourself um, and uh, you can't speak up or contribute at all into a relate. You're just called to submit and follow. And again, sadly, that's sometimes how it's lived out. A person's personality is taken away. But when we view um, the image of God and submission it is saying that it does not, it not only doesn't devalue a person and it doesn't speak about inequality, um, one person being better than another, it enhances. Um, so we want to, what are the creative resources that you can bring into a relationship? What are the, you know, the, the mental, um, moral uh, strengths that you can contribute to flesh out the, the relationship so that the, as the two become one, the two working together in the same direction, um, contributing spiritually, contributing emotionally, uh, and all of these enhance and enlarge and expand the relationship rather than someone hiding um, behind and just blindly following some uh, uh like bend mm-hmm. the, the head does that make sense yeah to you? no
0: it's it's definitely it shows it's a position of even though you're submitting you're still in a position of cont- contribution and I think often we take that part away that's right. and feel that submission is just you know you're, you're void of you know feeling creativity influence but that submission is actually a position of power
1: yeah and and it, it's a it's it's a place of um it's a place where both husband and wife are actively contributing. Yeah, I mean, I think if we even consider what it is for um, husbands to submit to um, Christ, mm-hmm. who's 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 the head, um, we're to love as Christ love loved. Um, we use husbands use their their personality and their creativity and their reason to be the best leaders that they can. And the same thing happens um, in a, in a with with wives who submit to their husbands. It in, enhances and expands as the husband and the wife uh, mutually work together uh, to come to a place as they seek to serve one another and, and serve the Lord. Um, and so, you know, submission is a place of growth and expansion um, of the person of Christ. You are you are really um, building up the person. In their relationship with Christ so in their relationship with Christ um, they are contributing in all those areas and that's what makes a a marriage so enjoyable really if if headship and submission are um, if it's abused in any way or just even misunderstood where it's the wife doesn't say anything the husband does everything it's so empty Mm -hmm. Um, you can see how the image of God Um, Brings so much joy into a relationship. It's it's the fullness of a relationship um, because Christ is entering the relationship that way.
0: And you know that's that's the action side of it. How does the the word side of it? You know how how do our words have an impact? You know on our on our being in the image of God. The way we treat each other through that.
1: Yeah, on Sunday morning I mentioned. Uh, James chapter 9 or James chapter 3 verse 9 which says with the tongue we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness uh, what I love about that passage is sometimes we ask ourselves well if I want to reflect the image of God I, I don't even know where to start mm-hmm. like if I if I'm if I'm going to reflect the image of God in in my relationship and let's just put aside headship and submission for a moment Um, just to reflect the image of God in our relationship, through our personalities, through our minds, through our morals, our creativity, whatever else it might be. Where do I even start? And that's where James is, you know, the Bible is an an amazing counseling book. (laughs) James, he is, you got to love the guy because he just, he says it straight. And he says, "When when we think we have to make these massive changes in our lives to begin to reflect the image of God, um, and to bring about change in our relationships, whether it's marriage or even friendship, James says, you know, you want to know something like your mouth is sometimes just out of control. And one of the most simple ways, um, and yet in full dependence upon God, one of the most simple ways to bring change in your relationship is how do we speak to one another? It, it, we wouldn't start there. We, we would go and we'd say, give me a list of 10 things, um, and, and we would probably want to do those 10 things. But James says, just understand. Um, in, in fact, verse, verse 10 says, blessing and cursing come out of, out of the same mouth. And what does James say? He says, my brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. If he were to talk to you and I and uh, he were to say, you know, where, where do you begin? How do you, how do you speak with someone? Um, because at one time you're blessing them and another time you're cursing them. He sa- he's basically saying in verse 10, stop it. You just need to stop. This should not be um, in your relationship. So how do I talk about my wife um, to her? How do I talk mm-hmm. with my wife? What tone do I use? Um, do I do I build her up? Uh, do I listen well to her so I understand her needs? Um do I, do I listen to her so, so I'm, I'm understanding her creativity and her reason and um, her spiritual strengths and weaknesses so she can teach me and I can walk alongside of her? All of these things begin to happen, and it's just how we begin to talk about, about one another and how we begin uh, to talk with one another.
0: And I think that's something so simple. Yeah,
1: but it is so impactful, and you impactful often, is a great word.
0: You often, you know, skip past you know how how little something like your words yeah. and that everyday communication that you might do, and how that might be eating away at somebody else, or how you know how do you feel when that yeah. when, when you're spoken to in that tone or whatever it is. Yeah,
1: and I think we we especially notice this when our kids are young, mm. and if we speak to them a certain way, you like they they will they will look crushed yeah. (laughs) and you'll go to them and you'll say, Oh, I like dad didn't mean it that way. But the older we get, um, it's not that we almost, well, I guess we can, but we hide that more.
0: We, we lose sight
1: of it a little bit and, and we can, and, or we just take it. Mm -hmm. Um, because maybe, you know, you just get thicker skin or whatever, but it shouldn't, like James says, it, it shouldn't be that way. Um, so when you think about, you know, if, if you yell at someone or if you curse someone, or if you degrade them um, or speak harm against them, whatever it might be. Um, and, and if you were just to say, okay, all that's, let's just remove that from your relationship. And you were to put on, um, you know, the virtues that, that Peter actually talks about right after he talks about husbands and, and wives in First Peter chapter three, he says, finally, all of you be like-minded and sympathetic, love one another and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil, for evil or insult for insult but on the contrary giving a blessing you take away the cursing and you give away a blessing like-minded sympathetic love one another compassionate not returning evil for evil insult for insult what that would do in a relationship just that like just the way that we talk yeah. to one another um, it, it would bring about an amazing change
0: yeah now you know people will hear this and they say you know now, how do I reflect the image of God? You know, what examples do we have that we can look at that can say, you know, this is the way that we do it? Um, yeah, yeah. How do we reflect that image?
1: I, I think, first of all, two ways. Um, first, we have the Word of God. Yeah, The Word of God is so, um, it, it is just filled with so much wisdom. Mm. And like even like we talked about in James chapter 3, verse 9, that he writes... Um, you know, how we speak to one another should be dictated by that per- knowing that that person is created in the image of God. And again, we could expand that to say, you know, like you meet someone who's on the street uh, or, or you meet someone who's really struggling with sin. Um, how do we talk to that person? Like they are still created. They may have sinned or they may have struggled with that sin or um, they, you know, they, they might be living a really rough life. We're all created in the image of God. Doesn't take so that away. It doesn't take that away, and so um, it's really the Bible and creation that gives us that. So, I think just knowing our Bibles, reading our Bibles, we begin to reflect the person of God, the image of God. But then, Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, verse four says this, um, and Paul is, you know, sharing how, um, you know we reflect the gospel and, and reflect Christ. He says in their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Christ is the most pure image of God because he is God. Mm -hmm. When we, when we have seen Christ, we have seen the father. Um, We have seen God in action. And so um, Christ It is amazing. Like when you listen to Jesus talking to sinners, he never compromises his holiness, but boy, he is filled with mercy and they're drawn to him. Uh, So in terms of how do I reflect the image of God? um, Jesus Christ came to not just forgive our sins, but to redeem us, to buy us back. And part of his work was to sanctify us and to grow us through suffering. Um, through struggles of sin, through so many means, so that we can reflect more and more the image of God. So the more Christ-like we're, the more Christ-like we are, the more we we reflect the image of God.
0: Wow. Um. Well, you know, I think the question that you know, why is it for the unbeliever or just you know the person that is looking at this and say, you know, why is it important that Jesus submitted? To the Father and to be holy, like wh- where where does that importance come from?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I'm I'm glad you you asked it that way because the the second two foundational truths that I talked about on Sunday, if we're going to understand what Peter's talking about in First Peter chapter three, is um, the submission of Christ and then the call to be holy. And the the reason why I wanted to talk about those two is because they receive such bad press in our culture. Mm. I mean, if you say the word submit um, it, uh, I mean, we struggle with it as believers, but if, if you put that out there in culture, that's a tough word. Yeah. Um, And holiness, Mm -hmm. like holiness is basically, um, that's how boring Christianity is. Uh, I can't believe you're a Christian because you have to, you know, because their concept of holiness is sucking life out of people and that's that's what happens. Um, if we're going to understand marriage and the context of marriage in Scripture, we're going to see that those words aren't bad words. Jesus gave value to the to submission. Um, he he is not only our understanding of submission, but he is also our understanding of headship. Uh, we'll talk about this when we get to verse seven of First Peter chapter three. But Jesus gave this amazing. Um, Uh, concept of headship where he didn't come to to be served, he came to serve. So our headship will be servant leadership um, but it will be serving uh, the needs of others. So Christ, for Christ to submit, he gave value and really submission becomes a a Christian virtue. Um, So Jesus changes submission into something that's so valuable. And then the same thing with holiness. Um, Jesus delighted uh, to live in holiness so that he would delight God and If holiness is in our relationship, holiness isn't, we just think, well, I have to do the right thing in marriage. And if I don't, you know, God's going to come after me. But holiness in marriage is really having this opportunity to serve others because we want to delight them. Mm. We want to delight in them and we want to delight them. So that's why you begin to see, especially older couples who have a positive and, and, and a good marriage say, how can I serve you? What can I do for you? Because that's that's holiness. It's it's delighting in God and as we delight to serve God, we delight to serve others so that they delight in God and so that we delight in their delight for God. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that's a lot but the idea is that um, holiness isn't this, it's what I have to do. It's what I want to do. Mm. I want to make um, my wife happy and and to be a blessing to her um so that as we talked about in the image of god you just watch her expand um in her creativity um in her um reasoning in her uh love of you know christ and and love of this world
0: i think it's amazing because you you talk about servant leadership and that's really what it would you know Jesus's importance kind of signified there is you know that submission but it's leadership at the end of the day and mm-hmm. you know you see companies today and you know they invest oh, thousands of dollars into you know retraining uh, managers you know how can we focus on servant leadership and you take that and that's really what the Bible has been teaching. That was part of Jesus's ministry that, you know, when you look at the image of God and you look at Jesus on top of, Mm -hmm. you're saying
1: submission is key. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus washed his disciples feet Mm -hmm. just while, while the disciples are arguing about who's the greatest and Jesus would have nothing to do with that. And that's sometimes how headship has not always been explained well in the church um, because it, it, what ends up happening is um, they, it, it's like they say, you need to serve me. And, and it comes headsh- out of a position of selfishness. Yeah, and headship needs to needs to lead us to a place of, as as I serve Christ, um, we're both serving Christ. And that,
0: that is that is a very powerful mm-hmm. place to be in. Yeah. Um, you know, there has been a lot going on in our society. In the past couple of weeks, the the sermons these podcasts have really been focusing on you know submission to authority and it is tough in a broken hurting world um, you look at what's going on in Canada the states you know even all over um, you know there is there's a lot going on and how do you know what are our thoughts how do we how do we show the image of God yeah. through this, like what can submission and all of that teach us you know yeah.
1: w- when we look to the
0: news and we see what's going on in
1: society? yeah, and you and I talked a bit about this we're we're we we just I just want to be able to say that there's a danger in talking about this for just you know the few minutes that we have left uh, and some of this will probably need to be nuanced or expanded, but at least it's a beginning place um the image of God speaks uh, is such a loud booming voice in the chaos of this world. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, like racism is, um, you know, it's, it's so destructive. It's, it's, it's evil. Um, and, and I, I know there's many other forms of evil and oppression. Uh, racism is, is one that's there now and that's being discussed, uh, and, and rightly so. Um, but the image of God, uh, we are all created in the image of God. Therefore, we all have value. We are all equal. Um, and that's the, that's the horror and that's the evil of it. But it is interesting. We, we do sometimes in moments like this, I think, you know, mentally we're aware that we live in a hurting and broken world but sometimes the facade of the peace of this world, especially in North American culture is peeled back. And we see, we see the brokenness and the hurting in, in a new way, um, in, in a real way. So I think this is time for reflection, especially for the church. Um, and I'll, I'll just say these three things, these three things. Um, and then, uh, you know, maybe it'll start a discussion with some of those who listen and, and, uh, but again, these could be nuanced and expanded, but, I think it's first of all it, it's it's time for um, it, it's time for the church to grieve. Uh, and by grieving, we 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 grieve because we listen. Uh, I know we're going through this COVID thing, um, and right now the church has to live outside its walls. The church can't gather within its walls, but maybe that's not a bad thing, because maybe. For a long time, we've hidden safely within our walls and done our worship safely. And like in Micah chapter 6, I I think there's something relevant here where it says in Micah chapter 6, verse 6, What shall I bring before the Lord when I come to bow down before God on high? Should I come before him with burnt offerings, with year-old calves? Would Would the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams or ten thousand streams of oil? Should I give my firstborn for my transgressions and offspring of my body for my own sin. In other words, like our worship. And I wonder if part of the reflection of the church is we have spent so much time thinking about what's going on inside that we've lost sight of the outside and we haven't listened to a grieving world and we haven't been maybe seeing the hurt and the brokenness like we should. So maybe it's not bad for the church to live outside the walls for a while. And to say, yes, worship is important, absolutely important. Hebrews 10, 20, absolutely important. Um, but there's a world out there that we need to be reaching. So just to take some time to grieve and to listen to those who are grieving. And then I think the second is to go. Um, in verse 8 of Micah chapter 6, it says, uh, Mankind, he has told you what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? He says, basically saying, you can offer all the bulls you want, Uh, You can give your firstborn, whatever it is. But this is what the Lord requires of you to act justly, to do justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We like the concept of justice, but Micah goes even further. He says you need to act justly. You need to do justice. Um, But if if it's just justice and there's no mercy, we also need to love mercy. And the only way you're going to do justice and love mercy is by walking humbly with your God. Uh, so we need to go with a changed heart to say what what am I what areas can I serve um, how do I do justice and yet love mercy um, so you could think about just um, those who you know live on the street um, how do I how do I love righteousness what's just in their case but also how do I love mercy. And you come alongside with that type of conversation or with that heart. Um, And so uh, to grieve, to go, and then to give. Uh, Grieve, go, and give. Um, What is God calling me to give in this conversation? What is God calling me to give with um, maybe my resources or my time or my energy to a hurting and broken world? So we're living outside the church walls right now. but uh Micah 6 verse 8 is so powerful um do justice love mercy walk humbly with your god uh how do i give uh to a community that's broken
0: that is that is very well said um you know thank you for you know for for just being able to break down you know this sermon you know talk a little bit about what's going on um, it is tough. Um, there is no easy way to be a Christian and to live out the image of God in this world that is broken and sinful. But we, we, we can all we can do is learn, and we can act, and we can, yeah. we can try to be
1: more Christlike. And and just to follow up on that, because mm-hmm. I know we have to close. But yeah, I, I love what you just said because it's image of God is so proactive. Yeah. Like it'll be so strange to the people. Mm-hmm. Um. But what, like, we often think, well, we we have to be separated from, but the image of God allows us to go in, and it's so proactive. Uh, It may be different, but what a message, and and to show the the glory of of God. But
0: thank you for, thank you you for tuning in, everybody. Um, uh, We will see you next week. Very good. Okay.